0: Welcome to the upstreamlife.com. I'm your founder and editor, Vishal Krishna. As usual, I bring you some wonderful startups. I love startups. I love AI. I love AI that can drive software to think for itself, right? So, SensePix, founded by Balaji, is an AI driven software company that connects IoT, digital twins, and VR based mobility solutions, right? They are secure and collaborative. The aim of AI is to collaborate and perform efficiently. And Balaji knows something about that because he's been in the industry for 20 years. He's been around the world. He's a multicultural man. We'll talk about that. Balaji, welcome to TheUpstreamLife.com. How are you?
1: Hi, Vishal. Thank you. I'm doing good. It's great to be here.
0: Great to meet somebody who has roots in Nama, Karnataka, right? Kunigal, Mandya, And then goes to Kanpur, IIT Kanpur, then goes to Germany then goes, uh, travels across the world, you know, Korea as well, you know, America as well. Now you're based in the Bay Area. Tell us, quickly tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll go into what is SenseFix all about.
1: Yeah, as you already introduced, I'm a Kannadiga. So I uh, left uh, India after my studies from IIT Kanpur, And uh, yeah, I speak Kannada still very well. Uh, I speak Hindi very well too. And uh, uh i am enjoying uh building a global company from day one so yes there has been a lot of uh, especially in india now we are we are not short of uh, unicorns or uh, the success stories uh, but uh, i think being an indian uh, taking whatever we you know, most of the successful most of the ceos leading silicon valley top companies today are indians because they are known for uh, coming through the Indian way of upbringing and then uh, being a, a stable head with uh, <laughs> cool thinking and forward uh, uh, uh you know, futuristic thinking so these are some of the great Indian uh, skills we all uh, you know actually possess which uh, you know being in India we may not actually you know realize but <laughs> when we go across the world and have uh, interact with teams when it comes out. So I'm uh, uh, very much uh, enjoying this journey where I'm trying to put uh, whatever Indian strengths I have, mix it with whatever experiences I made in Germany and now in the U.S., and uh, then build a product, a global product, which should uh, change our uh, way of life, especially how we maintain our facilities, buildings, our homes, you Now. Uh, so so sensefix uh, as the name says uh, to sense and fix uh, yeah it is a it used to be a futuristic idea until we started <laughs> let's say 2 years ago uh, so we as a company have been uh, existing uh, uh since the year 2018 that's when we started uh, in the us as a company uh, but um, uh you know during the COVID, so we were not uh doing pretty well because our focus was facility management and during COVID, facilities were affected we were all uh under lockdown uh so 2021 we started uh growing uh and uh so uh right now uh we have built our in uh, you know, a world-class platform which we say is a do-it-yourself digital maintenance platform so we use artificial intelligence to allow surroundings to be digitized in a quick way so you know there is a light flickering or there is a motor making noise or there is a you know dishwasher not working properly how ai can be used to digitize them and let the software find the nearest technician by itself mm-hmm. that means we should be freed of this burden of having to watch monitor and maintain all the devices uh, you know surrounding us so that's the Philosophy uh, behind, you know, SenseFix. We make devices surrounding us, find uh, or speak directly to service by themselves. So that's uh, what we are building. And uh, yeah, uh, again, uh, you know, building a startup. That's a great Is, pitch. is never great pitch. said and done until uh, we are <laughs> doing pretty uh, substantially good. Yeah,
0: you are doing well. I mean, you've already had grants up to three point two million. I mean, from many. Uh, yeah, I mean, max raters, you know, public grants, you know, you, you're you a scientist, so I believe you would definitely know this industry. You know, quickly for our audience here who are so used to AI as a narrative, tell them what your automation platform does, because I think, you know, your, your AI scans, maintenance and troubleshooting documents, It you know, you enable, you know, your devices to self-schedule, self-ticket and manage and repair, right? And the maintenance is automatic, right? What is essential here is the transparency to all your stakeholders, and I love the word stakeholders, and therefore resulting in cost saving, right? Right. So I want you to tell us quickly on how the technology is orchestrated from the old IoT world to the SenseFix world, and why it is essential to note that this is something where you don't need somebody to sit in front of a dashboard and monitor things. But it goes straight to the technician when there's a problem. You could you worked in uh, automotive also, so you can tell how a plant works. Oil and gas, we want take a pick and let us know why your AI is foremost today.
1: Yeah, so as uh, we all know. Uh, AI, the two big uh, pillars uh, inside AI, let's call the language processing, you know, all related with text, you know, the chat GPT uh, kind of technologies and the computer vision, you know, analyzing the image and uh, video. So these two have come up in a big way in the last few years. So for the first time now, technology is enabled where a software can try to get all possible data, how we have been uh, reporting our issues at home or uh, as i said uh, light is flickering or there is no uh, you know uh, uh, oil uh, left in a motor in a factory so how we have been reporting all the data can be now analyzed by ai from the text as well as from the vision side and software which is like superhuman right so we are uh, uh, you know you may have heard of uh, artificial general intelligence so uh, we are building an kind of a you can think of an artificial general intelligence here to just look at how we complain about devices surrounding us and like a superhuman think and make decisions and find the right technician who is nearest at that point who has the right skill set who in his car has the right uh, tool right equipment right uh, consumable and schedule him to come and repair or maintain that thing so why there are maintenance uh, issues why you as a customer are not happy with some of the maintenance you get for your you know whatever device at home or uh, in your factory or office because there are there is a team of there is a maintenance team of humans uh, listening to your complaint and they are busy and bombarded and they are stressed and if somebody is uh, attending to your maintenance issue with a bad mood you will not get a uh, good service so let's now the time has come that uh, the technology the ai uh, you know given its maturity that can handle in an, with without any emotions neutral and it can process uh, all information and so this is uh, uh, how we bring uh, uh, the artificial intelligence to digitize all forms of uh, how we will report maintenance issues. Say, we apply OCR to scan the papers, the troubleshooting manuals, some meters, et cetera, the LCD screens which show some values like temperature, et cetera. So we analyze the camera feed to look at any fire, smoke, et cetera, or people's behavior. So we bring in, we pack all the computer vision and NLP technologies to digitize the data. So you uh, will not go on Uh, reporting those things because the vision, the camera, the image uh, and the text that is already available is fed to our AI that analyzes, classifies the complaints into janitorial, electrical, IT infrastructure and sends messages to those technicians and tells them, hey, this has, uh," again, there is the IoT connection. So there have been plenty of IoT sensors already installed. They are producing the data. We harness the data and convert it into meaningful service action. So we know what has already gone wrong, somebody has predicted, and then we uh, contact those service technicians and tell them this has gone wrong. Uh, uh, of course, our algorithms will find a technician who is nearest, who has all those uh, skill et cetera, and then uh, book him and he comes. So for you as a user, when we come to your homes in a few years, <laughs> Uh, uh it will look like you bought a refrigerator from uh, I don't know, Metro or, or any other supermarket, and it comes with Sensefix app. And then uh, the refrigerator will tell you, hey, I have I am developing some issue, and I have found uh Kumar who lives two and a half kilometers away. He's a five-star rated and he has all the things, and he comes on next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Do you want me to get repaired? You just have to click okay. And then uh, the refrigerator will get repaired by itself. You know, you're
0: reading my mind, Balaji. You're reading my mind because, you know, refrigerators, especially, you know, they they create problems. And I always struggle to find the right, you know, person who can fix the refrigerator. And if something can do that and it's as intelligent, it's very democratized. Are you saying that you want to enter the B2C world? Really? Would I be so- buying a SenseFix uh, off, uh, off your website?
1: So the enterprise softwares always go through, uh, they begin as a B2B. And then uh, if uh, the idea, uh, I mean, if the idea really changes uh, mass lives, it has a potential, then it comes uh, B2C. Like Uber also started as a limousine service yes. for a very niche B2B. And then now Correct. it is, you know, uh, find a taxi for all. So we yeah. have I think, as an enterprise software going to the same route. Right now we have B2B. Uh, okay. uh, but uh, B2C component, we are... Just began to service some gated communities, you know, commercial, uh, sorry, residential apartment complex buildings. That's okay. the, uh, that's where we are. But uh, we expect in about two to three years when we have a good B2B traction created also in Inter B2C.
0: What would be interesting is a uh, refrigerator, you could still be B2B. The solution can sit in a refrigerator owned by an OEM and it could service and they could then build a customer service around SenseFix, right? That's the beauty of it. You can still white label it to a B2C through a B2B, correct? Yeah, so yeah, that's a possibility too.
1: Yeah, that is the B2B to C. So as I was giving you the example, if you end up buying a refrigerator, it would uh, maintain on SenseFix throughout its lifetime, it would uh, diagnose, and then uh, our softwares help uh, the refrigerator to self-schedule and then uh, self-ticket and you are on a chat channel. We have a concept called Sense channel, which is nothing but a WhatsApp window where the device opens a ticket and then it pulls the nearest technician and a facility manager and a manufacturer, and you are on the channel. So that's the ticket. So uh, now it would be free for you because you bought the refrigerator with fixed lifetime maintenance uh, uh, you know, ticketing support. So hence that would be a B2B B2 to C model.
0: This is fantastic, uh, Balaji. I mean, I really wish you all the best in that. For the technology aficionados there, you know, they would say, okay, is this a large language model business? You know, how does Chat integrate? You know, how do you integrate, say, perhaps a blockchain for those who like blockchain? Let's talk about what makes sense at this point of time. You know, all the people in the cloud, people use data in the cloud today different versions of the cloud some of the retailers who are my clients they're on hybrid clouds you know they'll have two public cloud providers one private cloud provider they have all these iot sensors uh, sitting in their stores in their warehouses in their fulfillment centers the orchestration is done by any particular methodology that you apply to and then your dashboard becomes uh, you know a self-governing kind of intelligence which then finds technicians uh, how is it orchestrated what what type of technologies do you use
1: so uh, when we began yeah we are coming out of the Silicon Valley as a startup and we got a, a good uh, European Union funding so we were very heavy on tech and all these jargons but uh, we we have this unique uh, uh I mean we are uh, following a, a unique you know startup building experience uh, as I said uh, growing parallelly in multiple markets so we were on the field on day one, and we started building what a few of our customers wanted. So we never built a product and then tried to you know push it into the market. So though we had uh, we had assembled a great AI team and had uh, funding and backup and to really go tech heavy, but we quickly realized the customer, uh, at the end of the day really wants simple things to be solved so we ended up making more innovations in the way we roll out the solution so on the ai side uh we are uh you know uh, uh using uh all uh four uh you know five different forms of uh text ai on the natural language processing so text classification and then the text retrieval extraction summarization and then the ocr part so when uh, uh all whatever we complain we sometimes cannot express what has gone wrong we uh, you know take a phone call and try to uh, blab or something so there is a chatbot which tries to engage and make bring us to a point that we really expressed some genuine complaint and that is uh, going through you know text retrieval extraction summarization and then there is text classification which is so whatever i complain is classified as electrical janitorial infrastructure complaint and uh, to scan things, some LCD screens or uh, even the objects, we use uh, the OCR technologies, uh, which is mainly on the computer vision. And then we have a bunch of uh, innovations on the ground. As I said, we have concepts called geofencing to monitor the age, gender, and then how much time people spend, you know, the servicemen spend. So this is all video analytics and image analytics. So uh, in order to solve the problem efficiently, make devices really literally uh, speak to service by themselves you know we we keep buying so many gadgets i don't want to just uh, keep managing them monitoring them i just have to have this free mind let the devices manage by themselves so we literally mean that in order to do that whatever just enough bunch of technologies from computer vision nlp we have addressed packed them together and built it as a platform and our enterprise customers can actually build their own, uh, let's say, an uh, AWS kind of platform for digital maintenance by their own. So that's why we call it a uh, do-it-yourself, uh, uh, you know, digital maintenance platform.
0: You said it, uh, Balaji. I mean, I think we are living in an era of five G plus, maybe going into many other technologies in the future. And you help, you know, these organizations globally spread out, right, in the five G era, right? Correct me if I'm wrong there. You unlock the full potential of AI, IOT, AR, VR. That's what you are, correct?
1: Exactly. So uh, our app uh, uh, could not run pretty fast on an LTE. And that's the reason why we went to South Korea last year. Uh, In fact, the South Korean government, uh, through an initiative, invited us uh, those uh, prospective, promising ideas Which are not getting into the market quickly because uh, LTE doesn't allow those heavy computer vision, heavy applications to run on a mobile phone. So we took that opportunity, went to South Korea because, believe me, back then, South Korea was one of the two countries on planet Earth which really had 5G working everywhere at its uh, true potential. And we experienced that. Yeah. So 5G is a good uh, enabler because uh, heavy uh, computer vision, NLP, not NLP. Uh, computer vision heavy applications really need a a fast uh, connectivity on a smartphone and uh, yeah uh, going forward as you know m- uh, the mobile first or mobile only is really uh, is the way especially the gen z and uh, the newest people they do pretty much everything on a mobile phone that means uh, 5G or I don't know about how 6G is coming, but these technologies are really enabling for solutions like us to really make it a way of our lives.
0: No, I mean, I agree with 60 is weird. I've had only one person talk to me about 60 this year in January, and he's another research scientist from the Indian Institute of Science. And we'll talk about 60 in a bit. Maybe our next podcast would be something there. But this is interesting, right? you're one of the few companies who built your business with the client in hand already and that is very important it's you, it's not as if you force fed the product into the market um and you did multi markets also you didn't do one market you did three four different countries, many different countries you want to care to explain why that strategy worked for you and do name them but you could talk about the industry please
1: yeah i mean it, it all started uh not it was not planned you know i think if you plan if i go and do an mba and learn how to build a startup and then go maybe i, I fail 99.99 percent so let me be honest i think it must have been an accident or so i was running my first startup uh, which was where we had built an industrial hardware product a heavy electrical switch to turn on turn off automatically big electrical devices like street lights or you know, flood lights and we were the designers, manufacturers, and we gave products to, you know, government bodies, uh, uh, especially. And we had to give two-year warranty. And whatever happens during those two years, we were responsible. So I, after having built the hardware product, I, my mind was more because I'm, I have been a digitalization and automation freak for the last two decades in whatever I have done. So I started, uh, you know, uh, innovating and trying to automate the repair work, the repair and maintenance. So that's how we started that means our, our customers who were facing that pain point we were start trying to build another app to fulfill that pain point and then quickly we realized uh, okay it was into the street lights and heavy electrical segment we realized this way of uh, building an app to automate repair and maintenance is for everything not just the uh, street lights or one particular kind of electrical devices so that's when we quickly uh you know since i was living and uh doing their startup you know, while I was living in Germany. So we took the European venture framework as a backup and we started a company there and quickly moved to Silicon Valley because of an investor, an early stage seed investor. and uh, And then we continued to build this solution for some of the customers who were already in our site. And then the next thing was, what if those customers accept in that market and these other customers don't accept? Then because of our global outreach and uh, you know the network especially today we really uh, uh, tapped into all the startup programs and the help out there and then uh, figured out in another market say in germany spain poland us south korea now india so figured out uh, some initial customers on uh, you know proof of concepts and started co-developing with them just to make sure what we are building for few customers in one market we will not end up as a in a servicing company we want to really build a product and hence let's see how other customers in other market uh take this one uh, or uh, uh i'll say you know look at it and that's how growing in parallel market started and then now for us it is not a question where if our product is fitting into the market it is just a question our customers are really pressurizing and we have to get the features they want uh quickly so this is a different uh Way of uh, in a startup building, I believe because of my interactions with the VCs. But yeah, uh, we are very uh, passionate about it and looking forward to uh, uh, realize. Maybe this is a winning strategy,
0: Balaji. You've talked, we've talked technology, we've talked uh, cross-cultural expansion. You know, market. What is the market size as such? You know, I'm sure. You know because because there were so many IoT IoT companies in the past, obviously it was a multi-billion dollar market globally. What is the current number? Is there a number to it? Or would you say, look, the world has a lot of these devices that need to be, you know, rationalized, central centralized, and, and therefore the market is unfathomably huge because we are already in the industrial 4.0 era. What are your thoughts on the market size? and what is your typical sales cycle like and how do you sell the product to clients
1: yeah so uh, we are uh, bringing a new you know category into the market so the uh, you know market size is uh, uh, for a new market that is being created you can call it ai enabled maintenance uh, which is uh, with our initial uh, uh, in the studies uh, which every, you know, startup founders do during early days to create the pitch deck. So we have come to the so-called the serviceable optimal market sum, which is about uh, uh, 1.8 billion US dollars as of today. and But, but that's go- growing pretty rapidly at, uh, I think, 24% uh, compound average year on year. Uh, but having said that, the very less market data exists because it's a new space that we are creating. There are spaces like computerized maintenance management software, CMMS. uh, You know, ServiceNow or Zoho, for example, gives some tools to build some you know digital maintenance. But this is mostly for IT service. Now, imagine what uh, Zoho or uh, uh, you know ServiceNow is a. the big leader in this space, out of the out of the Silicon Valley, or IBM Maximo, this is a, you know big company. So none of them actually venture into this new AI-enabled maintenance, where uh, it is a sense it has a potential to replace hotline support, the telephone uh, call centers, or uh, I mean, if you look at how you uh, report your maintenance issues, either you go to a receptionist uh, in a in an office or in a hotel, or you write an email, or you call up a hotline number. So, those are the three things which will be gone when we or our solutions become way of life in in a a couple of years from now. So, uh, down the line, market size could be huge. It could run into a few hundred billion uh, US dollars once this technology is uh, proven. I think we are one of the early movers in this market. Uh, So, that's why we got uh, out of that uh, rigorous due diligence a multi million dollar European Union grant uh, because nobody was doing this. Uh, uh so as of today uh, with the data that is existing uh or available it's uh in, in a single digit billion dollar uh uh market size but we are hopeful when other uh, uh uh avenues open up it can run into few tens of billions or even few hundreds of billions in the in the future uh, we are focusing on B2B right now as any other enterprise software. Uh, uh, so B2C takes time to really catch the imagination of the user and uh, uh, build that trust. So B2B sales cycles are typically longer. Uh, so we get into a POC very easily because uh, people have this pain point. Remember, we are building something what people are facing every day. So they really want to get into a POC. But for us, the challenge is the budget that would be uh, allocated to pay a software like us is already spent somewhere else because this is a new space. So nobody is having a budget and waiting for you know, spending on something. So having uh, doing a POC for a couple of months, maybe sometimes six months, then they really get convinced. There is this stickiness; people depend on our software. Once they start using, they cannot imagine. Uh, uh actually getting out so they end up uh, let's let's throw some ready. numbers
0: let's throw some numbers the proof is always in the pudding right like they say yes yes you know how do you how do they say that most of the iot companies out there said we'll reduce operations right uh, based on hvac electricity consumption right that was the thought process at the time how does your product price itself in terms of you know operational excellence and' maintenance reducing the AMC costs. give us some quick math. Yes,
1: so uh, we uh, our customer metrics, our b two b customers uh, uh, the value we add is in terms of uh, three or four metrics. Number one, uh, we uh, reduce the so-called first visit success rate. So any uh, facility has a maintenance team. And uh, the first visit of a service man or a technician is primarily to look, diagnose, and then he goes and comes back prepared to repair. That means on the first visit, uh, fixing success rate is very low. So we are, uh,
0: uh,
1: on an average, we have seen uh, the first visit success rate goes up by you know seventy five percent. Mean time to repair comes down. Repair failure rate comes down less than one percent because uh, our customers we have seen. Uh, due to lack of communication due to lack of uh, uh, multi stakeholder monitoring in real time there are so many stupid mistakes which happen and that uh, leads to loss of revenue so repair failure rate comes down all of which uh, has a potential to save somewhere uh, 12 14% up to 30 to 40% savings on the annual maintenance contract expenditure or the you know service level exp- uh, uh, sla expenditure they have to spend on maintenance and uh yeah uh in, in terms of user satisfaction like we as a user we have reported in your office you may report your printer is not working your laptop is having a blue screen and then you call they say yeah and then you get emails after emails yeah a ticket has been opened this is so but you are still you only see that but it's a textual monitoring you have you don't have a direct visibility so through our uh, uh, whatsapp chat like sense channel uh, rich with ai features you are in real time uh, uh, you are, you can monitor what's happening so end user customer satisfaction goes uh, out of the roof so and this is why some of the facilities really want this because it, it becomes as if people are all participating in facility management you know
0: you know, I like your style of clarity. In your Does your clarity also often go into leadership because you speak Kanda, you speak Hindi, you speak German, you speak English. Do you also speak Korean secretly? Tell me, how do you manage this multicultural team? Uh, you have operations in San Francisco. You have operations in Poland. You have operations out. You're coming to India or maybe already have a team here. And also in Korea, how do you manage this as a leader? Do you delegate? Are you a guy who's saying lean team? centralized to you how do you manage
1: well uh you know my team will uh nod their head that's been a challenge in the last couple of months uh, so we, we have been uh like we we grew as a, a few member company to you know few tens i think maybe today we have uh, a core team of uh, 30 to 35 people in total it could be about 50 to 60 people so i think we have reached a stage where uh, management in terms of delegation uh, is uh, a challenge so since in uh, uh, the dna of our product is digitalization so you see something a light is flickering, you use a computer vision and you have digitalized it or you see a meter which is showing you know 29 degrees and then you use ocr and we digitize 29 degrees it shows on a plot and if it is exceeding 29 an automated sms goes. so digitalization is in our dna so i have tried to bring the digitalization in our work culture so we have people working round the clock from silicon valley in california to south korea and uh, we all have a, our own internal culture of uh, trying to digitize our work whatever we did report in a in a basic you know digital way simply based on google uh, sheets and etc and yeah, uh, this has been a challenge and, uh, but, uh, uh, digitizing and automating is what our product is. And we could digitize and automate our operations as well to succeed. So I think, uh, to grow and manage this uh, multi market and multi time zone and multi, uh, uh, in its cultural unit uh, we are applying the same dna uh, which is digitized and try to automate wherever possible and hence run a global company yeah but but uh, believe me that's a challenge we are trying to uh, innovate more on that and i think in the next uh, 2 3 quarters uh, we would like to innovate much there so that we truly operate okay. as a global company
0: okay okay uh, any message to your would be you know OEMs that you're pitching to, or the brands that you're pitching to, just that one line on why they should come to SenseFix.
1: Yeah, you know most of our uh, enterprise facility managers or uh, uh, industrial plant managers, they have all adopted IoT sensors with the hope of uh, trying to automate things but they ended up just uh, putting sensors, collecting data, and now most of the people are saying what to do with the data. So we are the company which uh, starts where the IoT world ends. So we pick up the data and the intelligence that they have created, and uh, we reduce your workload, make your life easy as a facility manager, uh, increase your end user customer satisfaction, and save money at the end of the day. And, uh, yeah, uh, if you are, uh, many companies are uh, spending budget on digital transformation and adopting AI, so we are right into that. Uh, If you want to feel good (laughs) in your board meeting next quarter, yes, we provide you a digital transformation product with AI. So, yes, welcome, come. Uh, You know, visit our website, uh, book a slot for a demo. We quickly roll out a sandboxing environment for you in a few minutes to a few hours. So put your hands on our product and uh, let's take it forward.
0: Great. So the CEO is watching out there. It's a CEO call because it's cost savings. And like you said, it's board meetings. So you do sell to CEOs and CFOs, right? That's the CTO, of course. These are the three main people
1: yeah uh, of course uh, uh, the people who put uh, hands on our product are the operational managers operational maintenance managers or the service managers or the supply chain people but of course uh, uh, you know since we are under the digital transformation ai heading <laughs> so the push <laughs> comes from the cxo especially in the us you see uh a, you know direct orders from a lot of uh you know senior executives just go and whatever ai that's in the market <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know i'll tell you something funny uh, you're living in california many years ago in 1978 right uh, there was a legendary composer called frank Zappa living in california and he wrote a song called flicks and the song is just about what you're saying that you have your plumbing you have your you know electricity everything goes unfixed because nobody knows what to do with the data and you were very right you know, you just, people just go to fix the problem, but it's really not fixed. So let the machine do it. So you'd appreciate that song. Uh, for those of you listening in, to California, in, in California would know what the song Flakes means. Go check out its lyrics. It's all about plumbing and electricity, and it's all about fixing these things. But he was, he was great enough to see that in 1978, that why are we throwing people at the problem? Why can't machines take over in a way? Exactly. Right? But uh, right so balaji this is fantastic you know i love these conversations okay i can go on and on do you miss your canada do you miss your hindi uh, tell us plans for uh, india what do you want to do in india let's go celebrate in india what, what are you doing in india now
1: yeah we just uh, started uh, you know testing the indian waters the indian market a uh, uh, few one or two years ago, maybe we thought we tried some stint in India, but it, it was too early because, that, yeah, you know, it's too futuristic. But, uh, I think Indian market, believe me, I mean, Silicon Valley, Europe, I know that I know, I know, uh, I could say these are my home grounds. Uh, but the technology adoption in few spaces in the last few years is slow in these markets so south korea japan vietnam singapore india they are uh, say for example turkey for that matter these markets adopt uh, some new tech very very fast so in india we are uh, uh, as we speak uh, few of uh, you know business executives uh, whom we have contracted for lessening as well as uh, you no know, testing the markets. So we are opening up a bunch of POCs with few factories in uh, around IIT Kanpur, uh, Uttar Pradesh state. We are in the process of uh, Finalizing an MOU with IIT Kanpur uh, University itself to actually Indianize our AI because we don't believe the AI that we have built for the Western world would work in the Indian context because this is the mistake which many product, uh, you know, tech geeks CEOs do. But because we are building product for the customers, we know our AI tech will, will not work in the Indian context. So this partnership with IIT Kanpur is very crucial where we are uh, Indianizing the AI for Indian factories. And then we have a bunch of uh, proof of concepts coming up with hotels, restaurants, even, uh, you know, pubs, uh, small factories, uh, then university campuses, because every facility has a maintenance team. There are devices and uh, we are bringing this new way of maintaining devices and uh, yeah, keeping fingers crossed for how we will move in the Indian market.
0: You know, you're a research scientist. Do you miss being a scientist now that you're a businessman? Do you miss filing patents. do You miss all those research white papers that you have to write.
1: Well, you know, uh, it's as if in this, let's say, in this Vibgyar, uh gear, uh, uh, rainbow colors. If somebody travels all the way from violet to yeah. red, so this the, is what... the entire spectrum, the entire spectrum. So this is what I've done, and uh, I don't think I miss because I'm enjoying, uh, you know, this phase of the uh the journey i mean as a researcher yeah that's not entrepreneurship uh and also i don't miss canada or hindi because in our team we have uh, you know members uh, indians from india indians from us and i happen to use uh, almost four languages every day canada so that makes you, that
0: makes you a polyglot you are a polyglot right? <laughs> because you are <laughs> So, a little bit about your parents, your parents, your father is a teacher, your mother is a doctor, uh, are you as much inspired by them and uh, do you want to go do great things because that was the foundation that took you where you are?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, growing up, uh, yeah, uh, grew, grew up in a, in a middle class, uh, I don't know, whatever you call it. maybe now they call it upper middle class, I don't know what we were, maybe lower middle class family. In, Believe uh, me,
0: in India those days? I think all of us, I mean, you know, growing up in the 80s, how hard it was in India and the early 90s, you know, we were all used to power power cuts. We were not entitled at all. Now you can say upper middle class for sure. Many of them have gone there. Yeah. But yeah, you were right. I mean, so that was your mooring, right? That was your foundation, correct?
1: Exactly. So, grew up uh, and uh, yeah, so my parents were both, you know, working. And uh, I think, uh, oh, I, you know, during those days, if you remember, I don't know, I think uh, you could be in the same age group as I am. There was this uh, kind of uh, talk like devaluation of engineering and medicine everybody wants to be an engineer or doctor
0: yeah, and yeah, yeah. i remember <laughs> i mean yeah.
1: so believe me what happened i think is actually uh, uh, yielding rich dividends to india especially i think uh, karnataka Tamil Nadu, Andhra Pradesh, the South Indian states really picked up that wave of creating engineers and doctors, and most of them uh, happen to have performed well in the global scene, and they're coming back to India to do you, entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah. You couldn't have said it better. Why? Because yes, there was a devaluation of saying why are we do these. In yeah. actual fact, the setting up these engineering colleges, these medical colleges, has given the world not just wealth but a bunch of people who are professional and they can do great things right exactly I think exactly i mean
1: uh, so you may argue that uh, yeah that there could have been a little bit of devaluation of engineering and medicinal education but it's all about opportunity it's not about we we didn't want to produce scientists okay we we really produce hell lot of engineers but they all went to different corners of the world or different echelons of indian society and now they are performing because you asked the question you know my parents i think my parents were in that generation who got sold to that craze let me make my children either doctors or engineers and we are the product of that generation yeah
0: balaji <laughs> how do you unwind you i mean obviously as a scientist you must be have must be focused razor sharp in your in your not just your company, in the work that you build, in the technology that you build, how do you unwind? What does unwinding mean to a person such as you? Because the world over today suffers from a lot of mental, mental health crises. they are all in the rat race, especially in the startup world, raising money, valuation. Well, all that's great, but how do you you take see these things, take a back seat, and say, "Let me have clarity, like I did when I was a child." You know, build towards something. How tough is it for an individual or a younger person to have that kind of clarity because i'm sure the assault that young people face today in terms of information barrage is having a toll on their mental attitudes
1: yeah i think uh, that's a great question you asked uh uh so towards the end you know uh i think i i would i would honestly say i've been fortunate to have gone through an education system in this uh jain Vida, uh, you know uh, where it was a boarding come lodging school where i think uh, you may remember there is this concept of uh 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 the scenic school you know where uh, yeah they still are exactly. there
0: they're still around yeah, yeah
1: exactly so where children are grilled in a grueling uh, soldier-like uh, upbringing so i yeah. could say in that school we went through a little bit of that which basically grounded in me and in uh, all my batchmates also you know, you know, most of us are excelling in uh, different you know, careers uh, it has uh, uh, grounded in us some basic uh, you know soldier like uh, discipline yeah so which means yeah. uh, sleep no matter what so many minimum hours of sleep and uh, good quality uh, healthy food and uh, some healthy habits so i think it, it has helped uh, me a lot i don't do any extra things like uh, yoga or etc uh, uh, but uh yeah uh i think uh maybe also i i, I may have not reached that uh, level of burnout uh just maybe <laughs> started kissing that kind of burnout right now but i better uh be ready for uh not burning out because it's not just uh spoiling my health but also uh You know, spoiling a great idea and also affecting you know lives of all our employees.
0: No, that's great. Sainik. For those of you who didn't know, in the US, other parts are Sainik means soldier. There are a lot of these Sainik schools in uh, in India. Of course, these are uh, schools of discipline. And of course, please don't take it otherwise discipline in the right way, which means waking up early, making your bed, eating healthy food, exercising. That's what he meant, right? And that's what we all need. That's what we all need. Simplify your life focus on what you have to do this has been a wonderful conversation but i cannot let you go without telling me what are you reading what do you get inspired by two things what are you reading what do you get inspired by it can be movies it can be art also
1: well i am inspired by Elon musk's uh, extraterrestrial life <laughs> because i am an aerospace engineer so i may be doing something else but i i, I think that's still in my dreams I, I believe so space exploration is what I'm, amazes me so uh and what's other thing you said uh what inspires inspired
0: you in- inspired by in terms of reading
1: uh in terms of reading again uh, uh the you know, science fiction and uh, adopting tech on a mass scale uh, which affects our lives, uh, maybe not on this planet one day, on other planets. Yeah, this is what <laughs> really <laughs> inspires me.
0: So, so would you say Isaac Asimov is the Philip K. Dick of the world? Is that what you'd read?
1: Uh, I couldn't hear the audio. Sorry.
0: No, what I meant, Pani, me, let me repeat it. Would you read an Isaac Asimov novel or a Philip K. Dick or si- any kind of science fiction movie? What would you get inspired by?
1: Yeah, yeah. I watch a lot of science fiction movies, uh, especially, yeah, I think... Uh, now lately, I have been crazy about the Marvel movies, but they are driving all of us crazy by producing so many movies in a year. Yeah, it's, like, it's like consumption.
0: It's like consumption. <laughs> yes. it's, it's like the corporation. You're right, and and no, and listen, this has been a pleasure, uh, simply because to meet a scientist who became who became a businessman or who's now becoming a larger business. Uh, congrats to SenseFix and its team. Uh, wish you all the best, and like I said, guys. Uh, they ensure that uh, they're a solution AI-driven solutions provider and they believe in efficiency, innovation, collaboration, commitment. That is their business pitch to you. Talk to them. And uh, Balaji, thank you. And I'm going to have lunch with you in Bangalore soon. Please make a trip sure. someday. Sure. And ho- hope to host you in the studio next time.
1: Awesome. Looking forward to it, Vishal. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Balaji. All the best to you.